0: Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Dear Lord, please make us instruments by which your will will be done on this earth as we come nearer and nearer to the end of time and as we draw nearer to the close of our own lives. We pray that the few short years or moments that we have shall be spent in fellowshipping with you and in building ourselves up in the most holy faith that we may be prepared for your coming. As we go through your words today, grant to us of your spirit, O Lord, and that the words we will hear may be spirit and life to our souls. I do not have words to say of my own that will bless your children whom you love. I pray, Lord, that you put your words in my mouth that words of blessing, strength, edification, and hope will be spoken to them, and that we all may be lifted up to heavenly places. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage July 19 Sharing Her Muscle And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail. Until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth, First Kings chapter seventeen, verse thirteen and fourteen. This woman was not an Israelite; she had never had the privileges and blessings that the chosen people of God had enjoyed. But she was a believer in the true God, and had walked in all the light that was shining on her pathway, and now. When there was no safety for Elijah in the land of Israel, God sent him to this woman to find an asylum in her home. In this poverty-stricken home, the famine pressed sore and the pitifully meagre fear seemed about to fail. The coming of Elijah on the very day when the widow feared that she must give up the struggle to sustain life tested to the utmost her faith, in the power of the living God to provide for her necessities. But even in her dire extremity, she bore witness to her faith by a compliance with the request of the stranger who was asking her to share her last morsel with him. No greater test of faith than this could have been required. The widow had hitherto treated all strangers with kindness and liberality. Now, regardless of the suffering that might result to herself and child, and trusting in the God of Israel to supply her every need, she met this supreme test of hospitality. The widow of Zarephath shared her muscle with Elijah, and in return, her life and that of her son were preserved. And to all who, in time of trial, and want give sympathy and assistance to others more needy, God has promised great blessing. That God who cared for Elijah in the time of famine will not pass by one of his self-sacrificing children. He who has numbered the hairs of their head will care for them, and in the days of famine they will be satisfied, while the wicked are perishing all around them. For want of bread, their bread and water will be sure. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Sharing Her Muscle. Elijah, having delivered the scathing rebuke and the judgment of God upon Ahab and all Israel, walked away from the presence of the Israelites to find asylum where the Lord sent him. First Kings chapter 17 from verse 2 says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook chariot that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according, to, according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook chariot that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening and he drank of the brook and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land amen god provided for elijah during this time of famine eventually the brook dried up when this happened god found another means to take care of his servant Those who lose sight of self and consequences and do the work of God will not be neglected by him. That is the lesson that we learn from this. Elijah had put himself in a condition where because of the zeal he had for God and the love he had for the people of God, he had become an exile and a fugitive. Even the Lord himself said to him, go to the brook chariot and do what? Hide thyself. People generally don't want to find themselves in this situation. Many are very self-preserving. But Elijah considered the salvation of the people as more important than his own life. He hazarded himself for their sake. He risked being that person that would be called the troubler of Israel. and He risked the ire of the king of Israel and the people of Israel also. He risked being called names. He risked being executed and killed by those who hated him. But. By doing this risky work and not considering his own life, the Lord protected him and provided for him. God did not forsake him in this time of trial. God used even birds to take care of him. Were his work on earth done, God could have permitted him to die. But his work was not done and God went through the most unconventional and unpredictable means to take care of him. His true servant was honored. Eventually, the brook dried up and the Lord told him what to do. In the book of First Kings 17, from verse 8, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded the widow woman there to sustain thee now. Hold on. This woman is of the Zidonians. If I recall clearly, Jezebel is the daughter of the king of Zidon. Wow. That same Zidon had a woman of faith, and that is the same place that Jezebel is from. And God sent God sent Elijah to the very place where Jezebel is from, to be fed and to be taken care of during the time of famine. So God said to Elijah, I have commanded a the woman there that's in Zidon to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for, for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did it many days. Amen. Like we read in Conflict and Courage, page 206, paragraph 5, it says, The widow of Zarephath shared her muscle with Elijah, and in return, her life and that of her son were preserved. And to all who, in time of trial and want, give sympathy and assistance to others, more needy, God has promised great blessing, end of quote. You see, there is this spiritual principle of giving that is in the word of God. I would give personal experience that I have proved it to be true. The giving that is being referred to in the word of God doesn't necessarily mean material things. Giving is giving as far as you are giving something good. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 11 verse 24 to 27 There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, And there is that withholdeth more than his meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. But blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favour, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come to him. As a principle, I always tell myself and some those who know me, I will say to you, no one ever became poor by selfless giving. Find out and you will see. The far greater majority lose their wealth either through bad business or ambitious investments and speculations. The desire to get, 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 is what makes many lose their wealth. This woman had faith in God and was used as an instrument to bless Elijah. In doing so, her own life and that of her son was preserved. Conflict and Courage, page 206, paragraph 2 says, This woman was not an Israelite. She had never had the privileges and blessings that the chosen people of God had enjoyed. But she was a believer in the true God and had walked in all the light that was shining on her pathway. And now, when there was no safety for Elijah in the land of Israel, God sent him to this woman to find an asylum in her home." End of quote. To remember that this woman is not an Israelite, but not even just not an Israelite from the land of Zidon, which is where Zed Jezebel is from, is very important. And The fact that she believed in God enough to listen to the prophet and do what he asked her to do is remarkable. We must remember the lesson of giving. Like I have said earlier, no one ever became poor by giving selflessly, especially to those who are in greater need than yourself. You might give and people may misuse you. Someone may come to ask you and say, please lend me some money, I'll pay you back, but they intend to do you harm. If you, out of a clear desire to assist, out of the desire that you see that this person is more needed than myself and you choose to give, and when you give, you the person does not pay you back. Don't worry. I've been in that situation several times and that's why I say I'll give my personal experience. Most times when I want to give, in my mind, I feel... I already make up my mind that this person may never pay me back. I'm not gonna hold somebody on the neck and say, pay me my money, even though the person says they will pay. If they won't pay legally and do what they're supposed to do, I let go. The Bible says, and I believe it in Proverbs eleven verse twenty-four. There is that scattereth and yet increase it, and there is that is withhold it more than is meat, but it tended to poverty. What does that mean? And there are people who give, and when they give, they increase. It does not make them lose, it does not make them poorer. Giving does not make people poorer, that's what that Bible passage is saying. But rather, withholding, greed will actually increase your poverty. What kind of giving is here referred to, don't limit your mind to giving of material things and giving of money. It also includes giving your time to others for their own purpose alone to help them and to uplift them. It also includes giving your intelligence, your skill to assist someone for something that doesn't benefit you because the kind of giving being referred to here is selfless giving disinterested giving. What do I mean by disinterested? You calculate and you realize there's nothing I'm going to gain when I give this person but yet I still give. There's nothing I'm going to gain when I help this person. I'm not doing it because I see that there's something in it for me. There's nothing in it for me. All there is is that I see this person is in need and I want to help the person to satisfy their need. That is the kind of giving being referred to. It is that same kind of giving that Jesus did when he came down on the earth to die for our sins. Have you ever considered that there was nothing to gain for the Lord in, all, in coming to die? And not just in coming to die, in promising to give man life from the day Adam sinned. All the efforts that the angels have put forth on our behalf, all the evidence, all the blessings that has been sent to man, there is nothing that returns to God that he does not already have. There is nothing we can give to God and say we helped him, that we blessed him by doing this for him. If the Lord had permitted Adam and Eve to die and go away, there would be no loss for the Lord. All the efforts that the angels of the Lord, the Lord, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit has been putting on man's behalf, it's not because there is anything in it for themselves, but it is because it is of man's own benefit. They see our need and they give because of our need. Our need is our only plea to them. It's not because we have done something and deserve what they give to us. But the only thing they see is we have need. When we see people that have need, it is an important time to develop the character of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To give and expect nothing in return. That is what Jesus said. Give expecting nothing in return that is what we are supposed to do and what kind of people are we supposed to give in this sense just like this woman she gave to elijah because she saw that elijah was in a greater need than herself both of them were in equal need by the way but what she did is that she considered elijah's life as more important than hers which is what our lord jesus did our Lord Jesus did not consider his life as better than ours. He, Philippians 2 verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is the mind being referred to? The previous verses in verse 4 and verse 3 of Philippians 2 had said it. That is, look not on your own things alone, but let each look on the things of others, considering others as better than yourselves. The woman considered Elijah as better than herself, and that was why she gave to him she was not expecting anything in return in the sense of um, that's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing although Elijah did promise her and say to her that um, there, there's nothing that's going to lack but that was an exercise of faith for her she could not see the future she didn't know how what Elijah said was going to be fulfilled but she exercised faith in what Elijah said Elijah said that she should give him bread first and that that oil and that wheat will not dry up till the famine is over and she listened to the word of this man and did what he asked her to do and she received the blessing another thing that we learn from here is that god is a respecter of no person when cornelius was told to call peter and he did do what he was asked to do and peter came to see cornelius peter made a confession that there's something he did not know before he was thinking that it's only the people of israel just by virtue of the fact that they are israelites that the lord blesses and the lord Pays attention to? Do not think so. There are people today who think, and that is just some bigotry all over the world. Some people think that they are the only ones who the Lord pay, pay attention to. They Oh, we are the church of God. We are the true remnant. We are this, we are that. As if they are the only ones who God actually pays attention to. No. The Zidonians, the place where Jezebel came from, there was a woman there who the Lord was blessing. What is the lesson the Lord wants to teach us? He doesn't hate people of ethnicities and tribes. That's not what he looks at. He's not looking at your race. Like Peter said in the book of Acts 10, verse 34 and 35, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The technical definition of a nation is... A people that are from that have the same language, they speak the same language. One might think, Oh, the Lord hates the Zidonians, the Lord hates the Moabites, the Lord hates the Hittites. No, God has given enough evidence in His Word that He is no person of nepotism, that He is not one who respects your nation or tribe. He doesn't do that. Like Peter said. He is a respecter of no person. In every nation, as far as there is someone there that fears him and works righteousness, the person is accepted with him. This widow of Zarephath in the land of Zidon, which is where Jezebel is from, was living up to all the light that she received. When Jesus came to this earth, he brought up this matter of this woman and said, In the book of Luke chapter 4, reading from verse 24 and 25, he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Zidon, unto a woman that was a widow, Amen. Why is it that Jesus brought this up? It is to make us understand that our denomination, our church denomination, our ethnicity, our race, does not give us any credibility before God. Many widows were in in Israel, but God neglected all of them. Why? Because they had forsaken Him. God is a respecter of no person and God sent Elijah to the woman of Zarephath in the land of the Zidonians, the very place that Jezebel comes from and there was a woman there who was living up to all the lights that she had received and God respected her and blessed her and her son and in her doing what she did she gave evidence that she believed in God in the sense of her listening to Elijah what Elijah said doing what he did it was a great test hear what she said remember that there was a farming that was sore rain had not fallen for a long time she is a widow and this is just the last like we say last card the last Thing that she had to eat, and in giving it to Elijah, she gave evidence that she considered Elijah's life as greater than herself, better than herself. There have been many famines in this world. When Jerusalem was besieged AD 70, and the Romans had stopped food from going into Jerusalem, what happened there? Women ate their children, young people ate old people, they were eating their belts. The selfishness and self centeredness of men was seen greatly. There was another time in Israel when there was a famine. You see, Israel really suffered because of their turning away from the Lord. During the days of Elisha, it says in the book of Second Kings, chapter 6, reading from verse 25 And there was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king! And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the barren floor, or out of the winepress? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son, that we may eat him today. And we will eat my son tomorrow so we boiled my son and did eat him and I said unto her on the next day give thy son that we may eat him and she had hid her son and it came to pass well what happened next is not the focus of my story but just to make us see the kind of things that happen during a famine so that we can understand the kind of things that happen during a famine Now when you contrast it to what this widow did, then you will now understand how righteous and how selfless she was. Look at what people do during famine. They eat their children and it's a thing that happens in the world. But this woman was willing to give her last morsel to Elijah. It's a remarkable thing that she did. So, looking at the story of the woman of Zarephath, there are two things we learn. One, like I've said earlier, God is a respecter of no person and also the Lord knows how to take care of his own. Not just the woman but even Elijah. Anywhere we are, as far as we are living up to all the light that we receive, following after the Lord and trusting in him, having faith in him, he will protect his own. He has always done it for his children. There was a time when there was a famine in uh, where Isaac was. and. Even in the midst of that famine, God took care of Isaac. Genesis 26, reading from verse 1, says, And there was a famine in the land beside the famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gera. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of, sojourn in this land. And I will be with thee and will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto unto Abraham thy father. Verse 12 says, Then Isaac sowed in that land, and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him, and the man waxed great, and went forward, and grew until he became very great. For he had possessions of flocks, and possession of herds, and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Amen. God took care of Isaac in a famine. Imagine somebody getting rich during famine. That's what God can do for his children. He will take care of his own even today. During the plagues, which is coming in the future, many will be destroyed on all angles. But God promises to take care of his people. If we read the book of Revelation chapter 16, reading from verse 1, it says, And I heard a great voice out of the temple, saying to the seven angels, Go your ways, and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers of the fountains of waters, and the fountains of waters and they became blood and I heard the angel of the water say thou art righteous O Lord which art and was and shall be because thou hast judged us plague after plague after plague keeps coming but what does the Lord promise for his children during these plagues in the book of Isaiah 33 reading from verse 14 to 16 the Lord promises he says the sinners in Zion are afraid fearfulness had surprised the hypocrites who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings, and he says the answer is, He that walketh righteously, and speaketh uprightly. He that despiseth the gain of oppressions, that shaketh his hands from holding of bribes, that stoppeth his ears from hearing of blood, and shutteth his eyes from seeing evil, he shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him, his waters shall be sure amen. And as we read in our devotion, conflict and courage page two hundred and six paragraph sixty says, That God who cared for Elijah in the time of famine, will not pass by one of his self sacrificing children. He who has numbered the hairs of their head will care for them, and in the days of famine they will be satisfied while the wicked are perishing all around them for want of bread, their bread and water will be sure. Now, what was it that made the wicked not to have their bread and water? It's because they did not trust in God. And when we don't trust in God, it leads us to do things that are not right. For example, people tell lies. Why? Because they don't trust God that telling the truth will help them get what they want. They want to avoid the trouble, Or there is something they want to get. And they feel that unless I give this particular information, which may not be true, I will not get what I want. For others, it is in the sense of idolatry. They feel that, like the Israelites, if I don't serve this God. For us today, idolatry presents itself in various ways. It presents itself in the fashion God. It also presents itself in the educational system where people think that without it they cannot survive it presents itself in us going against God's commandments just because of something an object that we are going after all of these things anything we place above God is a form of idolatry and a lack of trust in God is what leads people to do things that are not in harmony with God's will and when we don't trust God we lie we cheat we steal we kill we forge documents we do lots of things not in harmony with his will. We go into fornication, adultery. Why? These things are means to an end. The lying is a means to get the money. The forging of documents, the stealing, the corruption, all of these are means to an end. But why? Lack of trust in God. The Israelites did not trust in God. But during the famine, who is it that was protected? Only those that trusted in God, Elijah, there were also others in Israel and this woman of Zarephath. Because of their trust in God, in doing good and not putting their hands in evil, God preserved them. And that is a promise for us today. Let us not think that we can preserve our lives by doing evil. Elijah, who was righteous, was the one who was protected and the woman of Zarephath during the time of the famine. They did not feel it sore as the people of Israel felt it. They relaxed and dwelt safely. They were not hungering and testing and having their stomach rumbling. Elijah and this woman and her son every day had bread to eat, and they were not in want as the rest of Israel. What was the secret? Trust in God and faith in him and I want to encourage us with psalm chapter thirty seven reading from the one it says fret not thyself because of evil doers; neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb trust in the Lord and do good do you see the combination there? you cannot do evil while trusting in the Lord like I have said it is lack of faith and trust in God that makes us to do evil we think that maybe we made a mistake in our job and we think if I don't cover up my tracks I'm going to lose my job And if I lose my job I will not be sustained again you may lose your job yes when you tell the truth and say this is what I did and it was a wrong thing I did mistake I made and then you lose your job but who told you that you will not have your bread and water being sure for you it is your own imagination trust in the Lord and do good For others, they feel that if I don't do this particular scheme, like I was saying in the previous devotion, that some people will go as far as even deceiving the government so that the government can can have ghost workers and money will keep coming into their account. And they feel like, if I don't have this money, how will I survive? Some others go into politics. They defy the word of God and do things that are not in harmony with God's will and say, but if I'm not doing this, how will I sustain my family? My brothers and sisters, God is speaking to you. In the story of Elijah, that he can take care of you without you putting your hands in evil, all Israel had gone in apostasy. Did they get protected from it? From evil? No, they thought that in serving Baal, they would be protected, they stopped trusting God. But who was it that was actually protected? It was Elijah, it was those who were righteous, like God has promised, that those who will dwell safely, Isaiah 33 verse 15, it is those who walk righteously, speaks uprightly, that despises the gain of oppression and corruption, that shakes their hands from holding bribes, that stops their ears from hearing of blood, and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. Where do we see evil the most? It's in the movies. You shut your eyes from watching those movies. You close your ears from hearing of blood. It's also in the movies and also in the video games. And the Lord will bless you. Going back now to Psalm 37, reading verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. How was it that Elijah and the woman of Zarephath dwelt in the land and were fed? It is because they trusted in the Lord and did good. Verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Do you believe it? Do you trust the Lord that if you delight yourself in Him, He will give you the desire of your heart? The woman of Zarephath had not seen this kind of miracle before, but she trusted. She had faith. She listened to Elijah. She took a risk. If Elijah had eaten that food, what was going to be the guarantee that she would have something to eat? What's the guarantee? It was only faith. No, only faith nothing more she had one chance give him all you have and wait to see whether the lord will protect you or eat it and die she chose to give she trusted in the lord she delighted in herself in the lord and god gave her the desire of her heart of her heart verse 5 commit thy way unto the lord Trust also in him, and He shall bring it to pass, and He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass for evil-doers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord they shall inherit the earth for yet A little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Verse 16 a little that a righteous man hath, is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken. But the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied, Amen. but the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs they shall consume, into smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth and it not again, but the righteous sheweth mercy and giveth Verse 25, I have been young, and now I am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Amen. You see, this chapter in the life of Elijah is an encouragement to all who desire to do the will of God at the expense of sacrifices and in self-denial. Elijah prayed for famine in the land, hoping that the Lord would bring them back to their senses. He himself was taken care of in this time. The Lord provided for him. This is called something, as we say, maybe selective affliction. God said God selected those whom he will afflict and he protected the righteous in this time. The passage we just read in the book of Psalms 37 is a great encouragement. The words that are written there is for us today. Will you trust the Lord? Look at the matter of giving that is written there. The wicked are the ones that borrow and they don't pay back. But the righteous always gives. Sometimes you may give and you will be hard done by. Don't worry. Trust the Lord. Sometimes, the giving I'm referring to here is not just about money and material things, remember. It is your knowledge, it is also your skill, it is also your time. And what are you giving it for? You can't see anything coming out of it. But if out of that desire to help somebody else, you drop something that will benefit you, to do something that will benefit another person totally, no benefit in it for you, nothing in it for you, don't worry is god not alive he knows and he sees what you are doing that sacrifice you are making he will repay he doesn't necessarily pay you through the person that you assisted he doesn't necessarily pay you through the person that you helped some of them will even misuse you when you do good to them don't worry don't let it make you to become evil some people have become stingy now because of the way people have dealt with them in the past they have said i have done good to people and what good did it do to me are you doing good because you want good to be done to yourself fine let God do the good to you not man God takes note of every good thing you do trust him he will repay you remember also that there are times you have gotten things that you don't deserve who do you think is doing that for you there are times where people have assisted you where you didn't pay for it you couldn't even pay Who do you think is doing that? The Lord is repaying you for the things you have done for others. Trust in the Lord, we have read, and do good. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. Verse 26 says, He is ever merciful and lendeth. How often? Ever. Even when he has been hard done by. Even when he has been misused. Even when he has been deceived. When he has been oppressed. He is ever merciful and lended. And what is the result? And his seed is blessed. Let us take courage in this. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. We read in 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the judgment to be punished. Let us all be encouraged to do right and walk in righteousness. God knows how to take care of his own. It will never be well with the wicked. Like we read in Psalm 37, for a while they may be around. But God says we should be patient, wait patiently for the Lord, don't be impatient. It may take some years but don't be impatient. The righteous will never beg for bread, the Lord will always provide, that's why you should do good and the Lord will bless you. It will never be well with the wicked but the righteous will be saved and delivered in a time of trouble and famine. Our business is to walk in righteousness before God and to do his will. Let us not murmur and complain when one door closes for the righteous another will get opened for him his bread and water is always sure but why is it so because he always does good even when he's tempted to do evil even when he's tempted to do wrong he always does good the lord bless you as you go in righteousness and preserve and establish yourself in righteousness let us pray dear father in heaven Thank you Lord for the lesson that you have taught us through the life of this woman of Zarephath and Elijah. Forgive us for the times we have manifested distrust in you and gone about our own ways to do what we want to get what we want. Help us Lord that through these words we have heard today we shall learn to exercise faith and remove our hands from evil and do good knowing that you will do for us as you did for this woman of Zarephath. Help us, Lord, to have a mind that is self-sacrificing, that sees other people's need as greater than ours, that will give freely from the heart to bless others. And help us to do it not because we're expecting something in return, but because of the desire to assist others. May we develop the character of Christ in doing all of this. In Jesus' name I'm afraid. Amen.